I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm Karaski Melvin. The Raging Cajuns wrapped up their trip to the NCAA basketball tournament Thursday night with a loss to Tennessee in the school's seventh official appearance in the NCAAs. On tonight's show, we're going to look back at that game, hear from players and coaches about the matchup, plus we're going to check in on baseball and softball as they open up Sunbelt Conference play this weekend. All that and more coming up on tonight's show. First things first, let's talk some hoops. Trailing by 18 with 11 minutes to play in their season on the line, the Louisiana men's basketball team's comeback fell just short against fourth-seeded Tennessee at the Amway Center in Orlando. The Cajuns cut the volunteer lead down to three before they hit just enough free throws down the stretch for the 58-55 final. The Raging Cajuns finished the season with 26 wins. That's the most since 2017 and 2018 when the Bob Marlin squad had won 27. This season's team also captured the program's fifth SBC Tournament Championship. The second half, the comeback was on. Kobe Julian caught fire. With the Cajuns trailing 48-30, the sophomores scored 11 points as part of a 13-0 Cajun run to make it 48-43, and that forced a timeout by the Volunteers. Tennessee ran their lead back up to nine, but Jalen Dalcourt kept the Cajuns in the game with a pair of threes. Julian hit a pair free throws to trim the deficit to three with 23 seconds remaining, but the free throws from the Vols sealed the game and ended the upset bid. In the first half, the Raging Cajuns utilized a 7-0 run over the span of a minute 55 to take an 11-10 lead. Jordan Brown led Louisiana in the opening frame as he scored 12 points on 5-8 of eight shooting. The Cajuns forced 12 turnovers, however, they trailed by 11 at the break. Brown was the game's high scorer with 16 points and led both teams with 7 rebounds. Julian finished the night with 15 points off the bench. Dalcourt added 11. The duo combined to go 6 for 11 from 3 in the second half to spark the comeback. Terrence Lewis II chipped in 8 points and 5 boards, while famous folks led all players with 11 assists. Here's Coach Bob Marlin after the game. Tennessee's very physical, and in the first half, we were right where we needed to be. We missed a couple of shots we normally make, Terrence Lewis, and they blocked some shots too. They did a really good job there. I believe the score is 19 apiece, and then we let them go on 11-0 run in the half, so our guys were very frustrated at halftime, and we had to pick them up a little bit. We didn't make a three in the first half. Uh, we've got two really good three-point shooters in Garnett and Williams, and uh, they didn't make any tonight. but. Came out the second half, we fought, we, we were down, I don't even know how many we were down with 13 or 10 to go, but I know with five to go, it was a two possession game. And I was really proud of our guys for coming back, making some shots. And these two guys sitting here beside me, really happy for them. And I'm glad that they played tonight on a big stage because they're, they're that kind of player. Terrence Lewis missed a couple of shots he's been making all year uh, for one. And uh, they, Joe had a steal and they got a block, you know, on that in the first half also. Uh, and at the end, the ball got knocked out of bounds and it's their ball. We know what play they're running and Plavich is just too big. 
and he got it. I thought they got a lot of friendly rolls in the first half that we didn't get any. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes. In, in the second half, uh, we were where we needed to be. Uh, we got the ball a couple of times where we wanted to get it, and we couldn't score. So you have to give their defensive team credit. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. Coming up, more on the Cajuns' trip to the NCAAs as we hear from the players about the experience and what's next for them. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Hey, welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. This year's appearance in the NCAA Tournament is the first for the Cajun men's basketball team since 2014. And the players really feel like they have set a legacy for the future. Now, this 2023 team has three seniors, and junior Jordan Brown may decide to leave to play pro ball. That means a majority of the players would return in 2024 and try to run it back and defend the Sun Belt title. Give the NCAA tournament another shot, perhaps. That squad would be led by Kobe Julian, no doubt, who scored 15 points in the loss of the Volunteers. Karen Gross, Joe Charles, and returning point guard, Themis Folks. Those three seniors are going to move on. That includes Greg Williams Jr., Jalen Dalcourt, and Terrence Lewis II. And they will be missed. But you can bet these guys really believe they left a foundation for success as coach Bob Marlin and crew stare at a possible future rerun of this season. Well, I told the guys afterwards I was really proud of, of all of our players and we're going to lose a couple of seniors. Uh, and we'll go out and recruit and pick up another player or two. And I like our foundation uh, that we have coming back and feel like we can be at the top of the Sun Belt again. Sun Belt's a great league. This year it was really good, and to be the, the team that won the tournament, we were really excited about that. We know how hard it is to do that, but we were able to get it done. That was another thing tonight. We've had three elimination games. They've had one, and it was tonight. This was our fourth. So they knew in the SEC tournament they were going to play in the dance. So it, it makes a, a difference. Um, I think our foundation was really set and a great tone for the year. Uh, next year, uh, I think we set a great base for it because we learned from wins, we learned from losses on things that we're not going to allow. We have standards on how we're going to work and how we're going to push each other. Um, I just think this group that we have that's coming back is a great group. Uh, we're ready to play. We'll be ready for the moment. All of us as a community, you know, we really set kind of a stronger foundation. Uh, it started once again last year and then carried over into this year. And we learned from all of our mistakes uh, the previous year, came back uh, and applied everything. And, you know, it, it took us far, so. I just wanted to try to step up and help my team win. Uh, my teammates, my coaches would just keep telling me, like, your time coming. You're going to be able to make big shots. You're going to be able to step up and help us get into this league and just try to take over? I think they're just a physical team, you know, uh, and they play hard. And they had a lot of people to uh, throw. 
And uh, but we still fought. We fought out there. It's a battle the whole game, uh, all the way to the end. So I'm proud of all, all of our guys. We're very proud of our guys. Yeah, they they know we love them. This has been a connected group. They've worked hard. We went to Puerto Rico and came back and certainly had a great November. Won the Asheville Championship. Went undefeated in November and uh, went five in a row. Lose at Drake and then a really good team. And then we won five more in a row. And we lost it. Texas, who's got a really good team. And then we started conference with six of eight on the road. So we had eight of 10 games on the road right there. Uh, and we were able to come through that and win 10 more in a row and then come back and win our conference tournament. So I'm very proud of these guys. Uh, they, they did accomplish a lot. Second most wins in school history, too. Tonight would have tied our 2018 team. We need a few more stops. Uh, I felt like in the early in the second half, they only hit one three. Uh, and it was a big one. And we, we just needed to, to block out. They got a couple of easy baskets. Adu got a bucket late in the shot clock. Uh, and their size bothered us uh, at, at that stage. But uh, I thought our guys played well. We had them close to having doubt. Uh, and if we would have gone ahead, I think we could have done it. Uh, but we were right there and just, just ran out of time. I thought we did a tremendous job and had a good plan on Vescovy, uh, but he gets three points, and it's a banked three. So no wonder he was frustrated when he came in front of our bench. Well, he and James are outstanding three-point shooters, and we tried to stay on top of him and keep him underneath the line. And he missed a couple he normally makes, but he didn't get many attempts. And our guys carried out the game plan. They stayed up on him. Uh, and if you would have told me he would have scored three points then, and we made more field goals than them and had less turnovers, I would have told you we would have won the game. Still to come on the show, we're going to hear from Tennessee about the game and how the Cajuns played. That's coming up next on Inside Cajun Nation. We're back on Inside Cajun Nation. All this week, coaches from the Tennessee Volunteers and Louisiana's Raging Cajuns showed mutual respect and admiration. In the end, Tennessee was able to beat UL in the first round by a score of 58-55. And Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes says the amount of fight that they saw from the Cajuns is exactly what he expected from a Bob Marlin coached team. Well, really pretty much what we expected. Uh, I've known Bob Marlin for a long time. He's got a team that he's done a great job putting together a really terrific uh, offensive team that uh, very disciplined. They know exactly what they're looking for, what they want to get each time down the floor. Defensively, his teams have always done a really good job of pressure, and certainly tonight they were playing personnel, uh, which we've seen that really much, pretty much all year, but uh, it was kind of game we expected. Uh, we knew it was going to be a hard-fought game and kind of how we've done it many different times this year. We've relied on our defense to get it done for us and uh, found a way to score enough points. First half turned it over way too many uh, uncharacteristic ways, but a uh, really good win. Proud of our players, but uh, again, I, I could 
just rave about uh, Bob and his team because those guys played their hearts out. They have the ability, to, they don't shoot a lot of threes, but we, we did have some breakdowns defensively. We were going under a, little, a couple times too much on some screens. And, but then through that time too, we, didn't, we weren't very good offensively where we made, missed some shots and missed a couple free throws. But uh, again, they're a good offensive team and we, we try to keep them in check as, as long as we could, but uh, they made the shots. I mean, a couple of them were what we would consider uh, what we wouldn't want someone to do against us. We gave him too much space, and uh, even though we got a hand up, it was too late. But uh, again, give them credit. They, they made the shots, and they knew what they were looking for, but at the end of the game, we, we, we made enough plays to, to get it done. Turn, we turned it over 12 times in some really ridiculous ways, to be quite honest with you. But uh, we, we stayed in it with our defense, and uh, Jemai's been a big part, uh, certainly since, even before Zakai went out, uh, you know, he found his niche and is a guy that we've, we know that can guard people. He's not afraid to go out and guard anybody. What he did all night long, guarding their point guard, I mean, as we watched tape coming in, most people had backed off him pretty much all year long, allowed him to shoot the ball or just trying to keep him out of the lane. We felt like it was really important to get into the ball, to get him playing further away from the basket where they couldn't post it as easy. And it started with Jemai, and he had to work all night long. And, you know, and he, uh, Again, on offense, I think he's getting more and more comfortable every time he goes out there. But uh, again, playing through the first half without Santi is something we probably didn't expect, but uh, we found a way. That's all I can say at the, at the end of the game with uh, uh, them making shots and us not being as sharp as we wanted to be. But uh, again, just proud of the effort that these guys gave. Well, we can't trip over our own feet. We can't throw the ball to guys that aren't looking. Uh, it goes back to simple execution. Just instead of trying to get cued on some sets, just call whatever we call, just execute it. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's really, it's, it's simple. You know, we yeah, I think it just starts with just playing aggressive. Um, like Coach Barnes, that's what he wants me to do. And like I said, tonight just came out and was aggressive. I know Santi got in foul trouble, so. Uh, me and Shaq had to step up a little bit at the guard positions, and that's just what we've done. So, yeah. Um, to follow up, like with Tyreek, I know how much he works on his game. I know how good of a player he is. So, you know, it's really never a surprise to me when he when he is hitting shots because he, you know, he's a three-level scorer. He can score from anywhere. So it makes makes my job easier. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, we can't we can't have the overload on Santi to go in and score everything for us. We have to help him out. And I think today was a, was a good example of doing that. Just staying in rhythm, you know, trying not to force anything, but staying confident. We work on our game, you know, every day. So you stay confident, we're, we're going to be fine. In the back. Conor Guerra, Saturday Road. Uh, Rick, what have you been able to, to see from Duke so far? I know you probably only got to see maybe a few glimpses of them. Well, they're obviously just listening, and I haven't, I really haven't seen them a lot this year. I haven't, but uh, I know that uh, they're probably as hot as any basketball team in the country. And I did, while we were at dinner the other night, uh, Jim Beheim was on with uh, Tony and uh, Kornhauser, and uh, they were talking about where he thought Duke was the team that's going to win the national championship. So that tells you a lot about him, that what he, would, he would say that at this point in time. But... Uh, They've had, again, what, they've won 18, 19 out of 20, something like that. But I haven't seen them a lot. But I do know that John Shire's done a great job. I know they had some injuries early in the year. and uh, But coming down the stretch and when you win your conference tournament, and they beat a good team today. And they and I, what little bit I did see, 
I thought their defense was outstanding against a team that can really shoot the ball. And, uh, and they, like I said, they, they're a team that uh, um, probably as hot as any team in the country right now. Tennessee would beat Duke and are in the Sweet 16. When we get back on Inside Cajun Nation, we're going to take you into the Cajun locker room and hear from them and what their feelings were after the three-point loss to Tennessee. That's next. Don't go away. And we're back. After the Cajuns lost to Tennessee in the NCAA tournament, had a chance to go to the locker room and talk to the guys about the disappointment of the game, losing it in such a close fashion. Senior Greg Williams Jr. says it's so disappointing to lose that game, but he wouldn't want to be at that tournament with any other group of teammates. This is an amazing group of guys. I mean, a group of men that really fought for each other, you know, fought for this team. And, you know, we, we had a great season. You know, I think that we, we really pushed through a lot of things. And, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't get the win today, but we definitely made a lot of things happen. Uh, I mean, I think the season, I mean, it didn't go how we wanted it to go. I mean, but we accomplished a lot. Um, we made history. First team to go undefeated at home. Um, we won the conference tournament in um, dramatic fashion. Everybody's going to remember that. And we made a lot of memories. I mean, can't win them all. But, I mean, I just know we fought and we competed to the end. Yeah, I'm still proud of, like, all the uh, hard work that we uh, put in, like, in the beginning of the season. So, like, it's over right now. But shout out to Tennessee and the coaches and the players. They're a really good team. And that's, uh, uh, I spoke about that before the tournament. We was going to compete. Whether we're up a, up 100 or we're down 100, it don't matter. We're going to compete to the end. Um, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's very tough. But I know we played a good enough basketball to win, even though we had a couple turnovers, a couple things that didn't go our way. We had a chance. Um, but, yeah, we said we were going to compete to the end, and that's what we did. That's what it's all about. I mean, leaving a legacy, you know. So I think that going forward, you know, people that can look at this team and be like, you know, it's, it can be done. And, and some, so I think that we definitely left a mark. Let's talk Raging Cajun baseball now. They secured the Sun Belt season opening win Saturday. You all took on Arkansas State in the first conference series of the season. And then on Sunday, they looked to sweep the first conference opponent of the season. We take it to a balmy, chilly Teague. Bottom of the first with a runner on for the Cajuns, Heath Hood, going to hit it, go to left. Kyle DeBart comes all the way around to score the game's first run. Jackson Nezu was the Louisiana starter, and he was dealing. He took a perfect game into the seventh. Nezu went eight innings, allowing one hit and one run with nine strikeouts. 2-1 Cajuns, bottom of the eighth inning for Louisiana. Julian Brock singles to center. That brings Hood home. Louisiana wins 3-1 and sweeps the series 3-0. Uh, come out with uh, a sweep on the first weekend. Doesn't matter who you're playing. You see, it doesn't matter because everybody's got an arm. Everybody uh, can find a hole. 
uh, it's just about grinding that, that 30 games out. I think you can ask for anything better. Uh, a series sweep to start conference just sets you up great, so we're just going to try and take this momentum and carry it on the next week. Huge. Um, just a big sweep is, is awesome, um, especially going into two midweeks this week, hopefully two wins, and then going to South Al next week. Now college softball, the Raging Cajuns open up Sunbelt Conference play, a trip to South Mississippi, taking on Southern Miss. Louisiana was looking to get the win from the Golden Eagles, unlike the baseball team, a nice victory there. Let's head to that contest. Top of the first, Carly Heath, Hasta Pasta. That shot makes it 1-0 for the Road Cajuns. 2-1 USM, top of the six, bases loaded, Jordan Campbell singles to right. Two runners come home. That makes it three to two Cajuns. And there was a lot more scoring to happen in the same inning. Kayla Falterman, she scores another Cajun, and the inning would continue. It could be 6-2 in the same inning. Sophie Piscos, two RBIs for her. The Cajuns score nine times in the frame. That includes a Lauren Allred two-run single. Cajuns beat the Golden Eagles 10-1 in six. And that'll do it for tonight's show. Be sure to check out our Cajun Nation podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next time on Inside Cajun Nation.